passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil that beach pod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene product. Don't be the guy at the beach with Austin Powers chest hair. And maybe you've grown some winter man tits. At least you can make them hairless. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off in free shipping with my promo code Bubba. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full-body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0. The kit comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or your treasure chest in your pants, doesn't matter. This is the best trimmer on the market. Inside the Performance Package, you're going to find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Toner, Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, and Moisturizer. Because we all know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. Nobody likes nose hairs, so their package comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0 as well. You're also going to get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, about a $39 value, and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxers. And if you're wearing sandals, you're going to need to get the Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. Having the right tools for grooming is a essential. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at manscaped.com. That's 20% off in free shipping with promo code Bubba at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles at manscaped.com. Promo code Bubba. Hello. Welcome to the Anna Hummel Show. Hopefully you haven't had enough of me yet. The show can't be too long today. Got a lot to do. Got to move my life. Which is um, exciting. It's not scary. Why do we reject change even when we know it's a good move to move? Um, welcome to the Anna Homo Show. I'm going to be with you maybe an hour, maybe a little less. We'll see how we go. 813-90-BUBBA. Probably won't take your call. Um, that's I, I'm kidding. I probably will. And also, thank you very much to um, to all the people that called in today to throw me a bone because... I did not expect to host yesterday. That was not the plan in my peanut head when I went to bed the night before. And thank God, because I didn't sleep great. And then I woke up, and I was just like, all right, uh, let's start the day. Don't look at the phone. The electronics aren't good for your uh, waking eyes. But I couldn't look away because it was was going off. It was lighting up, and I just 
knew that nothing good can come from a text thread at 5 in the morning, 4.48 to be exact. So uh, I decided to read the text messages, and I just said, um, fuck. Fuck is what I said. Uh, and it was one of those things, like, I know I can do it, uh, but sometimes you get nervous. And I don't get nervous for this show because it's my show, and I get, I, it doesn't matter. But when you're doing, obviously, covering for someone else's show, and they like to do things a certain way, uh, you don't want to disappoint them, and you certainly don't want, want to disappoint the audience. So thank you, everyone, that called in to throw me a bone. I very much appreciate it. I had a great time. I love Babyface. I know that uh, a lot of you guys do not. Um, and I'm not sure if that's because you don't like his him as a person. Like, you don't like him as a personality. You don't like his snarkiness. I find that's fine. Like, if you're like, oh, he's hard to listen to because of his uh, attitude or something like that, fine. But for those that are just completely unwilling to listen to other people with a differing opinion, well, I'm sure a lot of the people that hate Babyface hate me, too, because they think I'm a little bit of a wack- wackadoo, which is fine. That, that's fine. It's hard to kind of put me in a box. Every time you try to box me up nicely, you know, I I, I, I push my hand out create a hole and you're like oh but i thought you were a right or wing nope i'm atheist oh no anti-capital punishment oh no uh i uh what was the other one that i bring up that people get so oh the circumcision deal yeah all that sort of shit um yeah you want to transition your kids fucking do it like i care why we need to stop pretending like we care so much about other people's kids because we do not we don't care. That's the thing. I think there's a difference between saying, listen, if I had a kid, I probably wouldn't do that versus saying, no one can do that because I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't take my kid to a drag show. Okay. Neither. Uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't. I probably, if I had a parent, I had a little uh, Viniana, I, I wouldn't do that. Um, but I don't really give a fuck what you do with your kid. As long as your kid is away from me at the brunch because they always fuck up my vibe, I don't want to see kids when I'm trying to do adult stuff. And by adult stuff, I mean get fucked up, you know? I'd always get mad when I was in San Diego and I was trying to, um, and I was just rolling my face off at 4 p.m. on a Sunday. Because that's what brunch used to look like, is a very little eating and lots of drug eating, uh, drug consuming. I was eating drugs um, and not French toast back then. So that was my Sunday. And the worst of it would be, not that there were kids allowed at the venue, because there were not, but you're fucked up. They release you onto the streets like the animals that you are after the show is over. And what was so great about this, and man, I, I look at, at these times with just such fond, faded memories of getting fucked up. You start at like noon on a Sunday. This is how intervention would go. And me and my friends would go, not every Sunday, but quite frequently. So I definitely did more intervention than I did brunch, which isn't good because I was baking my brain, losing brain cells, but that's okay. I would start probably around noon, uh, you get warmed up, you're rolling your face off by like 1.32, you stay for the show. And by intervention, for those that, that don't know, there's a uh, Hard Rock Hotel in San Diego, California. And it's kind of cool because it's like on the third or fourth level is the pool. But then like uh, around the perimeter of the pool is like the rest of the hotel. So it goes up maybe, I don't know, 
12 or 13, 14 stories. But the pool is on like the fourth. So it's still a rooftop, but kind of not really. Anyway, so me and my friends would go to that. And then probably about five or six, the show would end. And they'd release us into the streets where we belonged. And then we would, then the clubs would open up and the clubs would go till like 2 a.m. So you started at noon and you would park your car thinking, yeah, I just, 12 hour parking, please. And then all of a sudden it's 4 a.m. and your car's towed. And you're like, well, how did we get here? And you'd end up at a Coco's. I don't know if we have Coco's here. It's kind of like a Perkins, I guess. And uh, you're, you're trying to force yourself to eat because you need nutrients, even though you're not hungry because you're on drugs and your your jaws wired shut. Um, but anyways, uh, those used to be my my days. And I look at them very, um, very fondly, my party days. And for those that are going, Sunset Music Festival is tomorrow and Sunday at Raymond James. So make sure you get your tickets for that. Um, will I be in attendance very um, unlikely, very unlikely. And yes, I, I I got the tickets and was corresponding with the people and I feel really bad, but I have to move this weekend. I am menstruating, which sucks. Was not. That's why you saw me popping pills during the show. For those that saw, I, I just kept eating pills and much like in, in true Bubba fashion, just kept eating the pills. And I asked Dan, I'm like, how much is too much? And he was like 800 milligrams. I'm Three times a day is a prescription for ibuprofen or something. I said, oh, I'm fucking way under that. So I just kept eating the pills. So anyways, not feeling the best. And also I'm just kind of um, still trying to get my shit together from the New York trip, which was, uh, you know, when you go to a new place that you don't go often, you, you do a lot of exploring, you stay up late, you eat like shit, you do all the things you don't normally do. And then we got back Sunday night. I mean, I went to bed at maybe like midnight and then it was like Monday morning, 5 a.m. Let's go, cuz. So I've just kind of been trying to backpedal from that, trying to get my my bearings from that craziness, which was great. And I know I've talked about it a few times. Uh, there were definitely a lot of takeaways from that trip, more so than like a, uh, oh, I just had a nice, fun, event-filled week or, you know, five days in in, in New York City or Savannah or wherever I've been recently, it was like, wow, I really took a lot away from that trip regarding my friend, regarding the 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 mental health of people who live in places like that. I was like, oh, this is just, this is not a place for human flourishing. That's what I will say about that. Um, I imagine that Chicago is much the same as is, you know, I've never been to Boston, but if you're living in the downtown, I feel like it's it, New York is something special in the worst way, if that makes sense. But anyways, 81390Bubba. But what has been on my mind lately is uh, I'm moving this weekend, like I mentioned, and I've lived in the same, let's just say the same neighborhood for seven years. So I lived in apartment A, let's say, in this apartment complex that I live in now. Lived in apartment A, was living with a Chinese refugee. They had to go back to China. Uh, the 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 next Chinese person comes in and goes, hey, I'm just signing a six, a seven-month lease. I'm not going to sign a, a year-long lease. 
So I was like, okay, because I didn't have any other options. So I just kind of like obliged, which I didn't have to. I could have just been like, well, I'll just get another roommate. But no, I'm like, I've bonded with this person. We'll get we'll get another place. And then we moved. And then three months into living in that place, like we got robbed twice in two weeks. And I go, okay, this is unacceptable. So I go back to the original neighborhood and I get an apartment, uh, you know, diagonal from the original apartment. And I've lived in that apartment, apartment B, for six years. And last night was the last night that I will spend there because moving today. Um, and then I'll spend the night at the new place with uh, Blitz. And then tomorrow we get the big shit and hopefully fully moved out, hopefully by Sunday, maybe Monday. So, you know, I tell myself, on oh, it's just a place just four walls or you know six walls it's configured you know not like a fucking no one lives in a fucking square um we only live in a cube but you just think about all of the times you spent in a place and who you were when you entered the place and who you are now leaving it starkly different person you know when i that it's essentially been my only home. And I say the neighborhood because, again, I had lived seven months in a different apartment, but you could see it from my apartment now. So whatever. Um, when I first is someone in here. Oh, Now I'm having now I'm being paranoid. Um, when I first moved to the apartment complex. I just moved straight from Detroit, 28 years old, and I had my last job I had was uh, bartending. And I was so excited to work for a radio station and hand out T-shirts and tear down tents. That was going to be my job. I was a promo person. And I could not have been more excited because this was my new life. I had finally been able to get myself out of the situation of Detroit. I was very proud of myself for, you know, organizing the move and getting the job, even though it was like a part-time promo gig, which you may laugh at and go like, I can't believe you would move. But really it was, I was looking for any, any ticket to get me a out of Detroit, B to a place that had a warmer, more, um, what's the word? A more, uh, not habitual, like just a better habitat, a more friendly human habitat for better, more happy living and C, I wanted to go in the right direction of a, of somewhat of a career. And you go, well, Anna, giving out T-shirts and putting up tents isn't a career. And I was like, yeah, I know, but I I don't. I'd worked at a radio station in Detroit, and I knew that a lot of the people that were on the air there started off as promo people. So you know, that's kind of like your foot in the door, and then you have to make the connections and talk to the people and do the things and wait a long time and do the shitty shifts and hopefully maybe one day someone can get you to a spot where you're talking into a microphone at an hour that's not, you know, between midnight and 4 a.m. So uh, I remember right before I left Detroit, I met up with this guy who was not like a romantic deal he was suggested to me by somebody who was in the business and this guy knew what he was talking about he was a producer and a co-host and whatever um so he had just moved from california you know la bigwig whatever so i met with this little uh nebishy jewish guy shorter than me and we met at some restaurant 
or no, it was like a cafe, like a, a coffee shop or something. And I, you know, of course I like buy his coffee. I just, I'm just trying to like pick his brain because this is what you're supposed to do is, you know, essentially court the people that you want as your mentor. And so he told me that uh, it was going to be 15 years, 15 years before anybody would even let me touch a microphone during uh, prime time. So anytime during the day, he goes, you're going to have to be working overnights for, I think he said 10 or 15 years. And I just remember in my head, like smiling and going, okay. But in my head, I went, no. That's not, no, that's not me. That's, that's your, that was your journey because you allowed that to happen. There's no fucking way it's going to take me 10 years, 15 years of working overnights on a country music station, which is what I think he did, to then be transferred finally to a morning show or something like that. I go, yeah, no, that's not happening for me. That's what happened to you. I know the kind of person that you are because obviously I'm analyzing him. I'm like, you're this little kind of beta bitch guy just willing to take whatever you're given. I go, mm-mm, that's not me. But of course I'm like, oh, okay, great, awesome. I wasn't on the air, what, fucking six months later. I was on the air three weeks after I moved to moved to Florida. That's not to speak to my talents or anything like that, because I wasn't. But it was just a testament to the fact that I was fucking hungry for it. And I'm not like, excuse me, may I? I'm like, put me on the air. Do this. I want to do this. I want this. Give it to me. How do we how do we make this happen? This is this is what I want. Give it to me, please. How do we make this happen? So the guy was totally off base. Um, I'm not gonna say that's not he didn't know what he was talking about, but when you know, I think that's just an important lesson is when people give you advice and they tell you about a certain, say, industry, that's how they did it. That's one path to get to where they wanted to go. I'm like, there's just no way that I'm going to only get like my big break on a morning show at age 50. Like, that's just not going to happen. I just don't have that kind of time. So fuck that. But anyways, you know, I moved to um, I moved to Florida and I just, you know, Big doe eyes, so excited that I'm living in a place that doesn't fucking suck. That people come to vacation. Ain't nobody trying to vacation in Detroit. No one said no one ever. Maybe like, you know, parts of Michigan, Traverse City, the UP, anywhere near a lake. But no one's like, oh, fucking spring break in Southfield. No, that doesn't happen. So um, I moved here and I remember I think I like cried every day for the first three weeks because I was just so happy. I was so happy to be in a better place with no fucking friends. I got no friends, nobody to hang out with. I My roommate doesn't even fucking speak English, so it's hard to, that's complicated. So all I had was work. So I just worked, and lucky for me, the Johnny B show at that point was Saturday nights. I remember when I started, it was Saturday nights from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. That was the fucking showtime. Could you imagine? So if I actually did have a life at that point, that would have really sucked because I would have, that would have been miserable. But when you don't have, when you ain't got no friends, that was party time. So it was, it was awesome. So every Saturday night, like I was going out to the radio station and it was a once a week show and. Yeah, da da, and it was awesome. And then every once in a while, we do a live broadcast somewhere, and I just thought that was so fucking cool. And uh, when we did a live broadcast, like I wasn't the one that had to bring the comrades. I didn't have to set anything up. I was the one that was like, they put a microphone in front of you, and you get to go. And it was just, it was so cool. 
Or so I thought. No, it was, but it, it's funny because like most things, like I'm sure a new car or even a new place to live, you know, like a mansion or a penthouse, it like the novelty like wears it, um, it wanes quickly. So, you know, it's cool, it's shiny, it's new, and then very quickly it just becomes your car or your home or your job and the novelty just wears off really quick. Which sucks because then you're like, well, I need my next dopamine hit. Where am I going to get it? So then I start, you know, start trying to fill in on other shows and fill in for my Kelta or Drew Garabo. And then I befriended Seth. And that was a really important connection for me for obvious reasons here. But also at The Bone where, you know, I was doing Drew's show every now and again. I was their like resident um, phone screener when whoever they had there was out. They The first call they made was to me, and I always said yes, always said yes. So it was great, and I just think about that 28-year-old girl who moved from Detroit who had no friends and was so excited to give out T-shirts, and now the 36-year-old that is leaving that and jaded as fuck and uh, super cynical, and not that I wasn't those things, but, you know, when you've gone through, like any human being, a lot of experiences in the span of seven years, from getting hired, to getting promoted, to a boyfriend, to a breakup, to friends, to losing friends, to living with a murderer, to a pandemic, to a new boyfriend, getting fired, a job, you know, all these sorts of things. You're like, there's no way you can be the same person. So, you know, yesterday I was sitting in my house for the last time um, and just thinking about all the things that have happened in these walls. Like a lot of life has been lived. And I I became just, I don't know, I'm just, I'm feeling real sentimental, folks. I don't know if, I, if I'm sure other people feel this way as well. And you go, well, I'm just a fucking place to live and and you're right it is but there's just so many like memories baked into that place and I think that you know good and bad I like the fact that I've had both there in the extreme you know some high highs some low lows some end of the world type fucking potential um what do you call it uh what's the Armageddon type shit that we all went through and, you know, getting the kitties, which I'm not very attached to. And that's also alarming. What does that say about me as a person that I could live with sentient beings for three years and feel almost nothing for them? But anyways, needless to say, um, and then obviously like my roommate and coming home to her um, for five years, over five years. And now it's it'll just be a friend. It will no longer be the roommate. So all these kind of changes just, you know, you, you got me thinking not so much about you know, it's not that I am trepidatious about the future. I'm very hopeful for the future, but it's also just kind of like walking away from a life I once had and, and what that represents and how much I've changed in the last seven years is kind of uh, startling because you I do have like a reference point of, you know, this chunk of time in my life. This has been my entire Florida experience for the most part, bar like four or five months where I was, you know, living in a hellhole and um, getting robbed and then living with, you know, the person I was dating with at the time for about two or three weeks, um, which was an awkward call to make because I just uh, started going steady with this man, let's say on a Friday, and then I was robbed for the second time on a Monday. So you do the math, that's about two and a half days of proper dating and then giving you know doing the phone call and being like um 
I got to live with you now. I know we've been dating for uh, 48 hours, but I think it's time we really take it to the next level because I don't want to die. I Please, I don't want to die. And so, uh, of course, he's like, yeah, of course. So uh, uh, people were, his friends were like, hey, that's not a good sign. She's moving in. And he would try to explain like, no, she doesn't want to live with me. She just doesn't want to die. So um, she's on her shit and she's trying to find a new apartment and get a new passport because she's leaving for South Africa for a week and a half at the end of the month. And she just needs a place to stay while she loses her fucking mind. So, you know, props to to that guy for taking me in like a lost dog. And I, you know, the day I came back from South Africa, it was it was quite bad because it's like 30 hours of traveling. And then I got back. I remember it was on March 31st and I had to be out by the 1st of April. So that was shitty to come back after traveling and then be like, and now we're moving. So let's do that. But thankfully, the uh, the Chinese army because there were three of them at that time. All three of them were on the on the state side. They moved most, most of my stuff for me, so that was very nice. I had a little army of people, so it was just a few things that needed to be moved with the U-Haul. And um, I threw it in the house, and I was like, I guess this is home, you know? And then I think I, I went to the boyfriend that night. But then it's like, wow, I couldn't. I would have never thought that I would have stayed put for six years. Which makes sense, because... I moved three times in a year, less than a year. I moved from, like, Detroit to apartment A uh, to the hellhole uh, to apartment B in about 11 months. So there, moving your life three times in 11 months is um, is a lot. That's a lot of stress and a lot of U-Hauls or Penske's and a lot of uh, unnecessary moving. And for what? So anyways... I've just been very sentimental, I think, since I got back from New York. You know, it's one of those, like, this is the last time I'm going to do this here. The last night I'm spending here. Um, I don't know if men do that as well. But, uh, and I'm sure that they do. They probably just don't talk about it. You know, what are they going to tell, like, their boys, like, oh, man, it's the last shower I'm taking. Last time I'm using the oven. Last time. But it crosses your mind, I'm sure, where you're like, man, I spent so many fucking hours doing X on the toilet in the shower, in the living room, on the couch, sitting here, you know, laughing, crying, maybe both, reading, not reading, staring at the sky. Like, there was so, on drugs, like, all the things I did, all the times I, you know, returned to a place and had memories there and built a life there. And, you know, when I moved into that apartment or that neighborhood, say, like, I had zero fucking friends. I, like, zero friends. And then I turn around now and I'm like, I have too many friends. <laughs> like, I know too many people. I'm like, what a what a blessed pro- problem to have to, you know, fully integrate yourself into a community and and do pretty well. I think I've done pretty well for myself in terms of the people I've met. And I'm older now, so I have, much like everyone with age, you have less tolerance for bullshit. So you just kind of cut the fat. And I have just a, an awesome group of people, whether it be the Bubba Army whether it be my, you know, my close girlfriends outside of the Bubba Army, you know, people from the Bone that I stay in contact with, uh, Johnny and Will, who I'm very close to. So uh, I'm just very, very fortunate. Very, very fortunate. So it's kind of cool to, to say, like, oh, wow, you know, because I did not build these roots in Michigan because I think I always was like, I got to get the fuck out of this place. 
So um, thank you guys. Thank you guys for kind of being a part of the the journey I've had this far. And I'm, I think the, the thing to say and what everyone tells you is be excited for the next chapter. And I am, and I am not trying to downplay it. Um, but I also feel like I'm saying goodbye to my youth because, you know, it was kind of like a bachelorette pad a little bit, you know? Um, it wasn't, uh, I wouldn't call it like the suburbs. I was living in an apartment complex, which is the suburbs, but it's not like when you think of the burbs with the two car garage and the driveway and the, and the backyard, like that whole, that was, that's for, you know, older people, you know, I'm, I'm close to the clubs. I'm close to the action. I'm, you know, close to Vinoy park and I can go down there and grab a drink and da, da, da. And I don't do that shit no more. So um, it only makes sense to move to the burbs because it's nice and quiet and you got some space. You got a garage, which is nice. You know, you got a, a couple rooms, a couple more bathrooms. Like you just got more space to kind of spread your wings and fly. Um, so I'm like, why? And I don't know if other people deal with this sort of stuff, but you're... It's like you you miss something that you don't even want anymore. It's very bizarre, you know, where you're like, man, I'm, I miss, like, for instance, college. Like, I'm like, I, like, I miss those times, but I would never want to relive them as a 36-year-old. It's completely inappropriate. And it, it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be the same. It would be actually quite sad to go back to Santa Barbara, to Isla Vista, and try to, like, play beer pong with the people that now live there like that even even if I could take all the people I went to college with and we went back to Isla Vista to try to spend a week there and do what we did it would be awful but I miss those times but I don't want to relive them so it's kind of like one of those deals I guess where you can miss something that you don't want anymore um because you just you just think like wow like a lot happened there and it's uh it's cool to reflect on it's bittersweet um, like Big Head Todd says, where, you know, it's it's time to move on for sure. But also it's sad to leave something that it, it impacted you in a in a very uh, big way. 813-90-Bubba, if you'd like to call in and join the conversation that I'm having with myself, which is super cool. Um, Sunset Music Festival uh, is happening this weekend. I want to give them as much promotion as I can. I've been before. It's a lot of fun. I just don't, I just, and again, I don't want to lie to the people and be like, yeah, I'm going to see you there. And it's like, yeah, probably not. Probably not. But if you do get, if you do get content, if you do get footage or whatever, like, please, please, please send it my way. And if I get enough footage, I'll definitely make a video of it. You know, I'm not trying to tell you to go there and do my job, but in the event that you want to, you know, document your time there for your own sake, feel free to send it my way so I can have a little bit of FOMO, which... Probably won't because I'm just so fucking tired, guys. Tired. I haven't been sleeping all that much. I got the period and I got a move pending. So it's just it. the recipe is is no right now. And I'm sorry. So please don't be mad. Don't don't be mad. Don't be mad. I say that to Blitz all the time. Whenever I feel like he may get mad, I'm like, don't get mad. Don't get mad. Do not get mad. Um, But yeah, uh, I thought I thought someone was going to get mad at me uh, yesterday. My mother. I'm not going to disclose the the details of the um, the context of that conversation because it's really not my story to tell. Well, it is, but you know, you got to protect some people's privacy sometimes. 
But um, she asked my advice on something. And most of the time in polite society, I just lie. I don't know. Sugarcoat. It's hard because you like you want to tell people that you care about the truth, but you also want them to like you and not be mad at you. So the best way to handle this is, well, it's two things. Um, Number one, you got to see what kind of like what kind of mood you're in. Um, Are you in the mood to real be be sassy? And I was I did not sleep enough the night before, so I was in a, a little bit of a sassy mood. And secondly, you kind of also have to you have to know the the closeness that you have with the person that you're speaking with. Is this a, a person who's an acquaintance who's like, what do you think about X? Or is this someone who's tr- truly close to you, like a parent or, or a good friend or another family member or someone like that? And so my mom asked me for some, I don't know if advice is the word, but she's like, what do you think about this situation? And so the best way to handle this when you do want to tell the truth, because you, you know you're right, um, is you go, what do you want? Do you want me to tell you the truth or do you want me to be nice? That's what I said to my mom. What do you want? You want the truth? I don't. I like turned into some like fucking Italian bitch from Jersey. I was like, you want the truth or you want me to be fucking nice? You want me to be fucking nice? I'll tell you the nice answer, no problem. Or do you want to know what's really going on? So at that point, when they select A being the truth, you, you know, they now know that they cannot get upset. (laughs) You can't because obviously the retort is if they start to get upset, it's like, I fucking said, do you want the truth or do you want me to be nice? You opted for the truth. I told you the truth. You can't be mad. Um, And my mom was a good sport about it. She took it in stride and and she laughed it off. Um, But, you know, I gave her a dose of. At least my truth doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth. She's like, what, what do you think if I, you know, reach out to this person about something, whatever. And I go, yeah, that's a bad idea. That is a bad idea. Um, and she just went, okay. And I said, listen, like, do what the fuck you want to do. But this is what, this is, from my perspective, this is what um, it is is probably going to happen. So just be forewarned. And she appreciated it. She laughed it off and it was uh it was great. 81390 bubba. So I like it. I like it when people tell me the truth. I like it when to have relationships with people that can tell me how it is. I have a friend like that in Australia who I've referenced many times and I mean the amount of brutal honesty that we have with each other is really unparalleled. I I have friends that I'm close with that I can kind of sh- uh, tell the truth to, but not like this girl, not like this girl at all. Um, you know, she, sh- I, I remember I was uh, saying something that I was like, some, I was insecure about something and she goes, yeah, well, you're not the hottest girl. Like, you know, something that everybody knows, but uh, no one in polite society will ever say. And she's like, so you're going to have to get over this. Cause like, you're just, you're not, you know, you're not a model. You're not a da da da. And most people would be like, that is horrific. How could a friend tell you that? And it's like, oh my God, how could a friend, a good friend not, you know, um, and when I told another friend the the conversation I had with my Australian friend, she was shocked. I actually told it to Reagan. She was just like, "You?" she said that to you? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but it's the fucking truth. Like, shouldn't people be able to say to each other what's really going on? Um, and my friend in Australia, you know, we have this relationship where we both know that 
this is something unique and we can't have this sort of dialogue with any other people, with any other person in our life because it's just because, you know, the, people get insulted very easily and they can't, they can't handle it. Um, but it's, it's really nice to have that with, you know, at least one person. I do have other friends where it's like, it's truth, but maybe dialed down a little bit. Um, but it's certainly not as brutal as it is with my friend in Australia, who's very unique in the sense that, you know, I would say she's very male brained. She, um, she, she does like, I, I kind of mentioned this yesterday about the, the venting friend versus the problem solving friend and how women kind of have a, a hard time with that when they disclose problems to their male compadre or their, their husband or boyfriend and all they want is the boyfriend to listen, but the boyfriend then starts to interject about, hey, this is how you solve it. And it's like, dude, I just wanted you to hear me out. Um, she's a very much like me, like a problem. I want to problem solve. Like, how do we make this better? And that is kind of what I did with my friend in New York City when she told me that she was really depressed, you know, and she can't find a guy, this, that, and the other. And... You know, I said, I have some advice. I don't know if you want to hear it. And she's like, I'm all ears. You know, any idea is is fine. And then you tell her like, well, A, you got to clean up the diet and you got to You got to exercise. And I'm like, and that has nothing to do with how you look and everything to do with how you feel because you feel like shit because you're eating like shit and you're not moving. So that's going to make anybody depressed. Like, how are you getting a rush of endorphins? serotonin, dopamine, you're getting no fix. The only fix you're getting is cake or pizza or some shit like that. And it is good cake and pizza, no doubt. But it's not going to serve you in the long run. Um, it's going to make you more more depressed. And, uh, you know, when, when you start talking, when people ask you for advice about how to find a ga- guy and you start talking about the uh, gut-brain uh, axis and the, micro- and the gut microbiome, they... You got about 20 seconds to plead your case before you start getting some serious eye rolls. So I did keep that in mind. I go, I understand that not everybody is as health oriented as me, but to me, health is a a major factor, a huge factor in overall happiness and and fulfillment and content. And um, a lot of people, I think, don't understand that they look to external things like I don't have this job and I don't have the boyfriend and I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. Um, But what I think that they should address first, usually with any problem, is like how do we make my, how do you make yourself better? And I don't even necessarily mean that in a self-development, like you need to read more books kind of way, but it's like, all right, yes, obviously you want to, I think it's good to to be educated, self-educated and on many things, I think that makes you an inter- interesting person. But beyond that, y- you need to take care of your health and your you got to take care of your brain because you got to treat your brain like it's um like it's a muscle. You got to work it and you got to feed it right. And when you feed it like shit, it doesn't work so well or it's sad. And you're like, well, I'm sad because I don't have a boyfriend. It's like, right, but you're also sad because you eat like shit and you don't move. And then you also, and then you think it's because of the boyfriend, but really you'd be much happier if you would do some sort of exercise and eat a, a vegetable or two. So you know, I I kind of pled that case, not as bluntly as I just said it to you guys, um, and it was met with like let's say fifty percent receptivity, positive receptivity. That's even a word. Um, where 
a part of her, I could tell she was like, fuck off. And then a part of her was like, I know she's right. So um, I did score a little bit of a win. She did sign up for a gym and she also signed up for a free yoga class, a trial class. I'm like, hey, that's one step in the right direction, you know? Um, and then once we kind of get that underway and we start moving a little bit more, then then maybe we can talk about cleaning up the diet. And then when, once we're done cleaning up the diet, maybe then we can talk about intermittent fasting, which is really going to revitalize your whole body. Um, and like I mentioned before, and I won't just go on and on about fasting, but I, I, I've have, and I know I'm going to get, I'm going to get AIDS right after I say this, but I haven't gotten sick once. Um, since, uh, I started intermittent fast. Oh, maybe that's a lie. I kind of got sick after BARP. Well, it was just kind of system overload. Not this BARP, but the one before, um, when John from Naples, uh, poisoned everyone at the party. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely good to, uh, like it revamps your immune system. You get rid of some old dead. Have you ever thought about why your wireless bill is so damn expensive? It's all just radio waves. How much can a radio wave really cost? Seems like wireless got together and decided, I don't know, 100 bucks a month or so. I think the people will buy it. What choice are they going to have? Now, thanks to Mint Mobile, you're going to have a choice, my friend. Right now, Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text for only 15 a month. Mint Mobile's service in comparison to the big providers are is just as crystal clear and just as good. You're just saving a lot of money. For anybody who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for only 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Choose from 3, 6, or 12-month plans and say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a whole entire family and at mint family start at two lines use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same number along with all your existing contacts switch to mint mobile and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free you got to go to mintmobile.com forward slash bubba That's mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Nessence cells and it allows you the, you know, auto- it initiates autophagy and you guys already know, you guys already know. But my next thing that I'm going to bother you guys like ad nauseum with, so get, get excited about it because I'm balls deep in this shit, is the gut microbiome, which I have seriously overlooked, didn't even think about it. You know, I'm like, who cares about what's in your gut? And by the gut, I mean the small intestine, by the way. But there's an entire uh, micro-macrocosm, microbiome. It's a whole life of just bacteria that live in your gut. Good bacteria. Good bacteria. And, uh... I, I think it's like something like 90 to 95% of the serotonin in your body is produced in your gut. And there's like 500 million neurons in your gut. Your gut is basically your second fucking brain. So when you're eating like shit and then you get sad, it's uh, it's no wonder because it's affecting your hormones that affect your mood, that affect your behavior. So I, I've been really learning about this link between the gut and the brain and how they really talk to each other. Uh, it seems more so than, you know, than I than I ever previously thought. I always thought like, oh, you eat like shit, you, you don't feel good because it's like it makes your stomach feel poopy or something like it gives you gas. Like I'm like, oh, it's because you're bloated. But it's like, no, it actually affects your fucking mood. Like digestive wise, you might be fine. But your mood is all fucked up and you want to go kill yourself because you've been eating like trash and your 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 gut microbiome aren't making the um whatever the the compounds they're supposed to be making that's giving the information to your gut, the neurons, the serotonin isn't flowing and you're sad. You're so you're so very sad. So uh usually I attach myself to something and then I go really hard in the paint on it for a few months. So it's been the gut microbiome. And the more that I learn, the more I will stuff it down your throats to make sure that, you know, you guys know about it too. Okay. Cause that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be an educator because I spend an ungodly amount of time trying to learn about shit that nobody cares about. That is always my goal. They're like, no one cares about that, Anna. I'm like, I do. I do. I've been learning about mitochondrial uncoupling. And how that is important for longevity. It's really longevity that's kind of got a grip on my attention right now. Where I, uh, I'm i just trying to live as long as I can for as well as I can. And I'm like starting to embrace the, you know, I'm no longer in my like sexual prime. Not sexual, like sexual attractiveness prime. I'm like, that's long gone. That left at 26. But... I'm like, now I'm starting to embrace the, uh, you look good for thing, for X age. You know, like, you're 36, you look good for 36, you look good for 45, you look good for 50. Like, I'm starting to, not that I'm necessarily looking forward to getting older, but I'm looking forward to um, being that person who looks, like, good for their age. Because I said I think that says a lot more about the character of the person, because if you're like, oh, wow, you look really good for 19, you look really good for 22, it's like, yeah, no shit, you got biology on your side, but when biology ain't on your side, then it's like, okay, now we really got to dial in the diet, we really got to dial in the exercise, the sleep, like, it becomes more of a science because you can't get away with 
with it like you used to, like when you were younger. The body doesn't bounce back as quickly. That's the problem, is that the replication of the cells isn't as, what's the word? Like, honest, accurate, I guess? Because, you know, that's, you revive, the, the body revives itself by, you know, creating new cells. But when the copying starts to get fucked up, when, you know, you, you wanted to go from this nucleotide to that nucleotide and then you went to the wrong, you know, instead of the A to the G, you went the C to the T. Those that took bio in, in high school know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Um, and, uh, you know, that's not good for the cells because they're not copying as they should. And so ways to get around that is the intermittent fasting, is the getting enough sleep, is the... Uh, exercising, the weight resistance training, the HIT training, the cryotherapy, the sauna. I am fucking obsessed. I love it. I love it. Every day I listen to something usually health related or like, you know, like I'll, I'll, um, I'll sprinkle in a little, uh, what did I watch with Blitz the other day? Like a little Korean war shit, you know, like, okay, I don't really know too much about the Korean war cause it's the forgotten war. What happened? Oh shit. A lot of people fucking died. Didn't know that. Didn't know that like more I think more people died in Korea than in Vietnam. Didn't know that. Nobody nobody fucking talks about it. You know, because it was like, oh yeah, World War II's over. Woohoo. And then like 1950 happened. Pretty sure we used chemical warfare on them peoples. But listen, that's I'm not we're not gonna get into that. We're talking about health here. So um yeah, that's kind of captured my attention. So I'm I'm big into the Peter Tias, if you know who that is, into the David Sinclairs, the Andrew Hubbermans. These guys, I, they're like my buds every day. They talk, they tell me stuff. The Stephen Gundrys, he's a big one with. Uh, he was a a a, a cardiac surgeon. Uh, card is a cardiologist. Whatever. He was a heart surgeon. Let's just say, and he's big on gut microbiome. And Tom, like, if this guy knows, if he knows what keeps people. He's like, I'm trying to make it so that you're not one of my patients. I'm like, okay, anybody who is telling me that, you know, I'm I'm looking to get less clients, less patients, I, I trust that guy because he's probably telling me the truth because he could be like, hey, it's actually a really great idea to eat a lot of trans fats and um, vegetable oils and processed foods. And that would really help his business because a lot more people would be coming in with heart problems. But he's saying the exact opposite. He's like, I'm trying to make it so that I never fucking see your face. And I'm like, I appreciate that. 813-90-BUBBA if you'd like to call in. Had zero calls, and it's kind of fun. I don't know if the, uh, I, I think the lines are free. And, um, but I also understand that you guys don't trust me anymore, which makes sense. Because I said that I, I, I would take calls and I didn't, or I just tell you to fuck off because I don't want to take calls. So I understand. It's no problem. But feel free if you would like to call in and join the conversation with me, please. Thank you. God, um, I did want to talk about this. So I know I've been talking about more about personal stuff, but there was something that kind of caught my eye. And last night, as I was in a quarter K hole, um, and I'm, which is kind of fun, like when you start doing work and you kind of just start slipping a little bit and you're like, all right, I got to wrap this shit up because I'm not going to last too long. Um, I read this and let me know what you guys think. 81390Bubba. I thought that this might be a problem to our solution or sorry, a solution to our problem. And I'm like, that's probably not the way to think about this sort of thing. Um, but maybe... 
just maybe it could solve a lot of problems in terms of, I don't know, not that there's overpopulation by birth, but there's a lot of population by migration or, you know, a lot of people that maybe aren't contributing to the system as much as they should. So what I'm referring to is uh, Canada's euthanasia free-for-all gets even wilder. I'm getting to these calls in one second. Don't you fucking move. Um, a quarter of people now back lethal injections for the poor and homeless. <laughs> Critics slam shameful attitude in the world's most permissive program. And I thought to myself, huh, we do have a problem with the homeless in some cities. Like, it's bad. Like, real fucking bad. And instead of them just kind of, I don't know, delaying the inevitable and sucking up more resources as they shoot themselves up with fentanyl or what's there? There's some new zombie drug that's going that's eating people's flesh and meth, heroin, you know, all the party starters. Uh, if we were to give these people the option to say, hey, the life you're living right now isn't really a life worth living. Um, would you prefer, instead of, I don't know, putting fentanyl in that needle that you're about to inject, maybe, just maybe, could I possibly convince you to put, I don't know, I don't know what the drug is, but let's just say cyanide instead. You could just put some cyanide in there. I know you typically it's a pill, but whatever. Just work with me, people. Um, you know, and offer them a, a way out of their misery that's a um, humane, right? And b not to say that this is uh, you know for the greater good that you should kill yourself for the greater good, but if we're being honest here, you know, uh, the less people sucking the system dry, I'm not saying the less people in the system, very different. Because if, if everybody's in the system, if you have, a, you know, 100 million people in the system and all of them are contributing in some way, that's a pretty badass system. That's a pretty functional system. But if you have 100 million people in the system and only 20 million are contributing and you have 80, paras 80 million parasites, then that's a problem. And that government and that society can't really sustain itself because you don't really have enough contributing members of the society. So what I'm saying is those who are really not contributing, and again, this should be open to anybody because I feel like you should have agency over your body. That's the one thing that you, I feel like you truly own in this life is your body, your body, your choice. Um, so I think that it maybe wouldn't be a bad idea. And I know it gets real slippery slope because it's like, oh, God forbid you go to areas that are poor and they all have a certain skin color and now you're racist and blah, blah, blah. But um, it just seems like if you're living an existence where you're you are a burden in in every in every capacity, right? It's not like your grandma, you're sick, you but you you know you you give love and kisses to the, the grandkids when they come and visit you, and you've lived a very fulfilling and um, service filled life. Uh, we're talking about people who who aren't like that and don't have a family or don't have a family that can take care of them and. They've rejected many, many, many offers to get better rehab. They just, they belong to the streets. They're not happy. They're, they're getting, you know, blasted with Narcan every other fucking day because they're overdosing on narcotics. Those people, if we can offer them 
But then uh, I'm already running into problems in my head because then if they're on drugs and you approach them on drugs because they're never sober and they consent, it's like, did they consent really? Did they consent in their heroin-riddled brain? Did they consent to killing themselves? Or did you take advantage of someone who wasn't of sober mind? So maybe not. Maybe we should just mow them down with the SUV like Caitlyn Jenner. So we'll see. Anyways, food for thought. Hello, who's this? Hey, Anna, you hear me? I sure can. Who's this? This is Willie Will in Tampa. Willie Will. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to say uh, it's been fun listening to you ramble. But? I love the way you just talk to yourself. And we all get to witness you processing life. Yeah. And congratulations. You did a good job. I know those are big shoes to fill. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Also, I wanted to say. Yeah. So the other day. Oh. talking about um, the transgendering of kids, yeah. the uh, uh, kids going to drag shows and whatnot. Sure. I agree with you 99%. I got five kids. Uh, sir, it's really hard. Am I on Bluetooth or are you in a windstorm? I, I am on Much Bluetooth. Better. I'm sorry. That's I'm okay. I'm, I'm a land surveyor. I got it. Um, I, uh, the, the kids at drag shows thing, I agree with you 100% yeah. that Parents should be allowed to do whatever the hell they want. Right. I think that we all need to know and be ready for the ramifications because it's going to get crazy as hell. Yeah. If they are allowed to. But aren't they already um, allowed to and they, they took that away from them? Like, it already was like a free-for-all. Well, no? Not really because, like, when I was a kid, I would sneak into the uh, strip club by my house on Nebraska Avenue. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. And I would get kicked out within five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. But here's a thought. I don't know if you've thought about this. What if you have, you know, a 19-year-old who's friends with a 15-year-old and starts taking them to those types of things? Mm -hmm. And there's no way for anyone to prove if that's your kid or not or your little brother or something. You know what I mean? Um, So I could see a possibility for people to use that as grooming. You know, to take to take a six-year-old or seven-year-old kid to one of those shows and oh. just say, this is my kid, and I'm it's not. You I'm know what confused. I mean? Like an uncle or something. Oh. Uh, I, but I thought it was, you, what I'm you can't, oh, you're saying that, like, if, because you need a guardian present. Yeah. And you could just take a kid. Well, I mean, it's in that case, if the parents find out and there's a problem, they can investigate and then they can, yeah. you know, uh, punish the person who was, you know, plant who was pretending to be the the legal guardian that actually wasn't. Then they can take they can take legal action there. But that doesn't I mean, that's yeah. that I don't think that's the same as, you know, hey, my my mom wants to take, you know, or. A mom wants to take her eight-year-old to the drag show. If that's the mom, then do whatever you want. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Parents should be allowed to do what they want. Ultimately, absolutely. There's just a lot that we all got to keep in mind that where things can and will go awry, and we just got to be prepared for it. I think. Right. Uh, I agree. You you can really only control yourself in this life, and and possibly your your immediate family. But what other people do with themselves and their children is really out of your hands so okay so they're not at the drag shows but they're still getting uh quote indoctrinated or educated or however you want to spin it by their parents and their teachers at school so you know 
You yeah, got to just I be ready for I've, it. I've taught all of my kids what I want them to know. So yeah, yeah we, we do basically indoctrinate our children and our grandkids and everything. Yeah. And when people so. don't, people call it education when they like it and indoctrination when they don't. So, you yeah. know, yep. the, the woke blueberry <laughs> yep. mom haired parent is saying that she is educating her kid to be open minded and then, you know, red-pilled uh, GOP Jim is saying, that's indoctrination, you know. And and then I could say the flip side, well, you're indoctrinating your kid by taking them to church and, and forcing them to believe, you know, the fact that, or the fact, or the belief that it, Jesus is the Lord and Savior, and if you masturbate or you look at a man in the wrong way, you're going to hell. Like, that could be indoctrination. But you go, no, I'm just educating my kid. So. It, it all just kind of depends on, on where you stand, and you got to keep just uh, an open mind with this sort of stuff. Yeah. Education and indoctrination basically has the same They're exactly the same thing. It's you know the same I mean? side. No. It's two different sides of the same coin. It's just how you look at it. You know, oh, you're indoctrinating. Right. Well, you're indoctrinating your kid to have good manners and not, you know, shit on the floor. You know, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> right? So. Nope. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. All right. Thank you so keep much for calling in. I appreciate you very much. Thank you for that. Um, but yeah, I'm I, I'm glad that that guy called in and kind of reiterated my point because I feel like it's lost on a lot of people because a lot of people are uh, dumb. Where they go, oh, Anna is for this. She she thinks it's great. They can't. I'm like, nope, didn't say that. Didn't say it was a good idea. Didn't say that. But again, like uh, we've had this conversation before, and this is why I asked. You know, Dan and the rest of the staff, what do you value more, safety or freedom? And everybody in the fucking room said, freedom, liberty over everything. I don't want other people to tell me how to do my job or how to do my life, essentially, how to live my life, because I want to be fucking free. And then you want to sign legislation that says someone can't bring their kid to a fucking drag show? Uh, you were, We were just talking about freedom here, I thought. I thought we were on the same page with freedom. But now you want to take away other people's, you know, freedoms to do what they want with their kids. And obviously, you know, obviously you can't go raping your kid or, you know, whip lynching your kid. You can't be doing that shit. I understand that there has to be, you know, some rules, some lines in the sand that we can't cross. Like, oh, it's my kid. I'm going to fuck my kid. Like, obviously not that. Don't rape your kid. Don't molest your kid. Don't, you know, beat your kid to a pulp. Maybe a little spanking here and there wouldn't hurt, but. Well, would it hurt them? But you understand what I'm saying. Um, But beyond that, and it was funny because I kind of referenced it and someone called in and said it, but, you know, where are kids really in the most danger? Is it at a drag show or is it with, like, Father Arthur in the diocese of whatever in Illinois where he's getting fucking ass fucked as an 11-year-old, you know, by the priest like that to me if we're gonna you know if we really want to shake out the stats there because i know people on the right are all about you know facts don't care about your feelings until they do in which case fuck that but where are your kids really mostly in danger more in danger say with a alone with a catholic priest learning about god and how to relax and go to your happy place or going to a drag show with your mom and like, okay, even the most egregious thing that you can see there, you know, someone in a thong shaking their butt and uh, like a kid putting a dollar bill in the G-string. Inappropriate. Is that going to fuck you up for life? Probably not. Inappropriate. Not something I would want 
you know, if I had a kid, not something I'd want my seven-year-old seeing. But um, is it like life-altering, shaking, where now you're not going to... Like, what is our worst fear? That the kids become, like, sexualized too young? Well, that's already fucking happened with the advent of giving your uh, nine-year-old a, a cell phone. They're probably looking at porn. Is that a problem? Should we not allow parents to give phones to their kids? Or do they have to be special kid phones where they can't access certain uh, sexual content? Because I'll tell you something right now. Like, I don't got no kids, but uh, when when you are born and someone immediately puts an iPhone in front of your face and lets you play with it, it's like they are extremely competent with technology. Like, it is frightening. Um, one of the girls I do jujitsu with, she has a son who is like two or just about to be two or somewhere around two. Um, and this motherfucker, I see him all the time and he's a very well-mannered kid, but it's like, is he well-mannered or is he just on the iPhone? So he's on the iPhone in his little, like, um, it's not like a car seat, but you know, I think it is a car seat. You can take it out. I don't know anything about kids and their shit, but you know, she carries him around. She puts him in this little basket deal and he's just playing on the phone, and even I was watching him play it, and it's not like he's just watching it. He's, like, using his fingers, he's swiping, he's doing shit like this, and he can't even hold a pencil. Like, he can't write, he can't read, he can barely talk, but he's very, like, proficient at back, 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 back backspace, best, uh, press this button. Like, it's incredible, and he's two years old. Um, You know, I, I think we can, some of us can remember when we first got, like a, a smartphone or a cell phone, you know, went from the flip phone, the razor to the iPhone, say, and just kind of like getting used to stuff. And, you know, you see the boomers do it and they got the glasses and they're just kind of like everything's really exaggerated. These kids are just like, because they're, you know, it's like part of their, um, their basic motor skills is being able to operate an iPhone or an iPad. So, um, you know, I could say that maybe that's not, great for child development. I'm not going to tell her how to live her life and not to put that in front of that kid's face. Um, but there's there's a lot of ways to fuck up a kid is what I'm saying. And um, oh, yeah, I was going to say that they you know have access to that sort of stuff because uh, they are very proficient with technology. So they are exposed to a lot of sexual content. And even like Bubba was talking about, you know, maybe being a 10, 11 year old boy and finding your dad's hustler stash or playboy stash and you're looking at sexual content there like why is that okay for a 10 year old to see and it didn't seem to fuck them up too well fuck they're fucked up but for for other reasons but you know finding a porn stash at the age of 10 you'll probably remember that for the rest of your life now will that completely derail you in terms of adult human development and now you're fucked up and please tell me how that's so different from going to a drag show and, and seeing a, a guy twerk dressed like a woman. Like, I, again, I don't know much about child development, but when I kind of break it down, and I'm not advocating for it, I want to be clear there, I'm not advocating for, you know, people to take their seven-year-olds to drag brunches by any means. I don't think it's a good idea. But let's play this out to the fullest extent. Let's talk about... Like, what are we truly afraid of here that our kid is going to see someone that's a man dressed like a woman? Okay, that's a costume shaking their butt 
okay, like being in my mind, I'm like, if I was a seven year old seeing that, I'd be like, oh, this is silly. Like, oh, they're being silly and funny, like a clown. Um, you putting money in their what a bustier or something like, okay. I, I, again, like, what what do we think is it that suddenly they're going to grow up and be like, I'm gay and it's, or I'm a transgender person. And then you think, okay, well, what's the, why is that so bad? Like, I mean, if we're forcing people to be things that they aren't, that's not good. But if they're like, oh, I'm a, I want to be a clown too. Okay. And, and, and what, you know, like where, where is it, where does it become, what are we so afraid of? That we're exposing our kids to sexuality. Okay, well, tell me precisely how that fucks them up. Again, I'm not advocating for it, but I would just like to know. Because everyone is so afraid of, well, it's going to fuck up the kids. Well, how? How? You don't think putting an iPhone in front of their face for 18 hours a day or letting them play video games all day is and fucking them up? Or letting them eat McDonald's every day and, you know, they got, a, you know... A BMI of 50 by the time that they're 11? Like, that's not good either. So, I mean, let's let's be fair here. We're fucking our kids up in a lot of different ways. But tell me precisely why we're so afraid. And I'm curious, you know, is it that they'll be having sex sooner? Maybe that's it. I, I assume that that's probably what it is, is like you expose kids to sex. Then they have a very casual relationship with sex, right? Like, this is what I always thought. Like, okay, if you expose... A child is sex too early and not by like molesting them, but by like normalizing it, like saying like, oh, yeah, and here's my Playboy uh, magazine and I'm and you're six. You know, hey, check this out. They have a very casual relationship with sex. Then maybe they don't really honor it in the way that they should. They don't have, then they maybe have sex too early. And we all know what happens uh, with sex too early. You maybe get pregnant. Now you fucked up your whole life because now you have a kid at 15. Whatever. Maybe that's the ultimate fear. But I would like to know what is the ultimate fear of exposing our kids to this sort of stuff, you know? And I do think that that's different than teaching the uh, the kids about sexuality K through three because now you're just confusing them. Like now, you know, I mean, I was talking to my, my friend in Australia and she's like, I don't want my kid learning about that shit. She's like, and I'm pretty left wing. She is. She's pretty progressive, but she's like, I don't want my kid learning about that shit. She's like, you know what my son identifies as? As an SUV. He thinks he's a car. He's an idiot. He's, you know, he's three, four years old. He doesn't know shit. So let's not tell him he might be a girl because right now he thinks, you know, he's a Rivian. I don't know. So I just think that it's important, you know, in, in terms of like, all right, if we're educating them in a, in a way that's confusing them, that can be problematic. But if we're taking them to a show, is that so terrible? Again, I wouldn't do it, but I also want to know, like, what is the ultimate fear? What is the ultimate fear is what I want to know. All right, let's take some calls. Hello. Hello. Please. Perfect. Hello, who's this? Hey, Anna, it's Brian out of St. Louis. What's up, Brian out of St. Louis? Thanks for calling in. Hey, uh, never called in before. Uh, first time I've ever called in. I've been listening to Bubba since uh, 06, since wow. he started with uh, Howard. Awesome. Uh, first time I ever called in. Thank you for calling in uh, to my show. I appreciate it. I'd love to get your insight on the matter. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of insight on on that matter. Uh, but I just want to call and say uh, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Brian? And, uh, hey, one more thing. Yeah. Um have you heard the uh, Bert Kreischer interview on uh, Rogan? 
on Rogan, yeah. Um, it definitely popped up yesterday on my uh, what you might like list, but um, no, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I was well, watching he made, something else. He made a uh, reference, and uh, he said, uh, we're going to go on the red carpet, and we're going to do it uh, waste management style. Oh, okay. So I'm wondering, is is Burt Kreischer Baba Army or what? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so because I know he's very close with uh, Mike Kelta, so I assume that kind of, you know, disqualifies yeah, him. Yeah, I, I just thought it was funny. He said, uh, "Yeah, you'll uh, you'll hear it when you uh, listen to that interview." He said, "He said we're going to go out on the red carpet and we're going to do it. We're not going to do it the way they want us to. We're going to mm-hmm. do it waste management style." So I don't know if that was a term that Bubba came up with or uh, or crisis oh. Bubba Army or what. Um, I don't know. I, I will go and, and watch the clip and try to decipher for myself, but that's all I got. Awesome. Thanks very much. Uh, uh, thanks. It was nice talking to you. All right. You too, Brian. Take care. Thank okay. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's put this person on hold and let's get to this guy or gal. Hello, who's this? Or they be? Hey, it's Jay Jim. What's up? Uh, no, no. Don't touch back with you, what you was talking about yesterday with the whole uh, dating in your 30s type thing. Yes, please. All right, so I got divorced November 2020. Okay. Uh, I'm uh, I'm 32 now. You do not uh, sound 32. You sound much older than 32. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like an esteemed, uh, fine Southern gentleman, but go ahead. Well, I'll try. Mm -hmm. uh, So anyways, I've been running around having fun for like the past year, year and a half, Mm -hmm. like getting laid in Charleston, Savannah. it's, It's the only way that you can is if you don't want to, you know? Huh. But, uh, the only way you can like, is if you don't want to. So you're you're saying if you come across unaffected and not desperate that women are attracted to that? No, no. What I'm saying is like the only reason that you're not having sex is because you don't want to have sex. Oh, me? No, no. Just in general, oh. in like this area. Oh. But uh, whenever it comes oh. to like actual dating, yeah. people when they're like 30s, are just, I don't know if it's just here or if it's just a cultural thing, but nobody nobody wants to be in a in a real relationship. It's either just sleeping around or it's this polyamorous stuff, which I do not understand. Yeah. And by polyamorous, do you mean like um, being promiscuous or you mean properly like having multiple relationships with multiple people? Like somebody that's, you know, married, but like, I, I guess it'd be like a swinger type deal, but okay. relationships with Yes, them not yes. Just, not I wasn't sure what you were referring to, but yeah. Um, I don't know too many people who are in polyamorous, like real polyamorous relationships, but I do know people who just cheat on their spouse. <laughs> yep. So yeah, there's true. that, but uh, that's a little different. So well, I think I think that the whole entire poly thing, it lines up with the whole entire trans thing that's going on right now. It's, okay. It's a... It's a Poor cultural fad. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think it, it wouldn't, I don't like to speak for everybody on these sorts of things, but I think for most people, the way that most people are wired, I would say all people are wired this way, but a lot of times jealousy is a, is a pretty strong emotion in in most people and so sometimes the excitement of being with someone new doesn't really outweigh the jealousy you feel when your partner's with someone else besides yourself so for me like i i that that is tipped way in the favor of being monogamous for me where it's like okay i can see how people would get excited about you know going on a date with someone new and and sleeping with them or having a relationship with them i can understand that 
But then to know that your partner's doing the same fucking thing is horrifying. So that would not work for me. But And I think most people are kind of similar to me in that way where it wouldn't work for them either. Yeah, and then I, I remember it was probably about a year ago on one of y'all's after shows, you and Blitz were talking about it. Like uh, people trying to move on from a relationship, but they're still being friends with their ex, you know, while trying to get into the dating pool and all that. And like yeah. stuff like that just doesn't work, right? No, it doesn't oh, yeah. doesn't work. And it's disrespectful for to the new person that you're trying to um, date or be in a relationship with. If, if you still have an active relationship with someone that you fucked and fucked like regularly, um, that's in my mind, that's disrespectful. Like if that person reaches out to you, like your ex reaches out to you. So I'll be like transparent. My ex has like reached out to me a few times about nothing, nothing sexual. It's like, oh, I heard this podcast. Like what kind of equipment would you get for X, Y, and Z? I'm thinking about like shit like that, like really uh, benign platonic shit. But nevertheless, this person has reached out to me. First thing I do is I I told Blitz, I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know this person reached out to me. Like, what do you, how, how do you think I should handle this? Because when I was single, I would just respond because it's like, I don't hate the guy. So, and it's not like we were friends, but if he reached out to me and he was like, say, a, tell me a funny story about someone we knew or something like that. I, I reached out to him uh, after we broke up when I found one out, one of our mutual friends was trying to solicit sex from a 14 year old boy. Uh, it was a radio personality. It was a man, a grown man in a relationship with a woman. And it came out that he was trying to fuck a 14 year old boy. I reached out to my ex and I said, hey, remember your friend? Yeah, he tried to fuck a little boy. Bye. Like, to me, that was like a funny story. But it's never been like, I miss you. I want to get back with you. But going back to my original point, if my ex ever reaches out to me, the first thing I do is I tell Blitz, hey, he reached out to me. What do you should I respond? Should I not like what would what make would make you comfortable or uncomfortable here? And he's like, I don't give a fuck. You can respond. I'd show him the text. The nature of the text is non-sexual. And the guy lives across the country. So there's, it's not like we're going to run into each other. So it's fine. But, you know, that transparency is key. Uh, You having a secret relationship with your ex who's like, I miss you while you're trying to date someone new is completely inappropriate. So, yeah. Well, this uh, main chick I got down here to been messing with me and her, you know, I, talked to her a couple of days ago and you know told her, i'm like look you know it's been fun you know being single and all that but i'm like i, I, I want to get back into an actual relationship you know with uh, her did you tell her with you like i want to date you properly yeah yeah i did and, and, yeah, and she's she like said, well i'm not ready for a relationship right now this that and the other and i'm like all right well you know i think it'd be best if you know, we don't talk and text anymore because you know if i keep on screwing around with you hanging out with you you know no no chick's going to want to give me her phone number whenever we're sitting there, you know, I'm having lunch with you and I, you know, walk away from the table or something and talk to her. It's just not going to work. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so she didn't, she didn't want, how old is this woman? Uh, she's a uh, 27. Huh. Okay. Interesting. And right. she's been, she's been, you've obviously been having sex with her. You've been hooking up with her, but she doesn't want to commit to you. Yeah, pretty much. All right. I mean, She's probably fucking around like, with uh, other guys. I mean, that would be my oh, guess. Oh, yeah. More, I, yeah. Hell, is what it is. What does she do for work, if I may ask? She uh, she works for her, uh, for her family. They own a uh, blind uh, and tile store down here. Huh. Okay, I was wondering if she had some sort of, like, online presence. Like, she was, like, nah. an influencer or some shit. Okay. Nah. Um, Just working family. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's probably blasting a bunch of guys like that, so... 
Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, no, but good on you for for not just accepting that. You for saying, hey, uh, it's over. Bye. So Yeah, pretty much. Don't waste your time. I know probably a dozen times. I'm just just not responding. Perfect. Sounds like you're playing it just right. Yep. Yep. You don't respond. You're done. You're done. You're done. What what is she? What is she reaching out to? Does she want to? Obviously, she wants to see you, or she misses you, or what? That's it. Just saying, hey, I miss you. You know, can we please still be friends? This, that, and the other. And I'm like, I haven't responded to her. I'm just sitting there thinking, no, it's it's. I can't do that. Yeah. I can't can't be friends with you while I'm trying to be in a relationship or trying to find a relationship. Right. And if you missed me so much, you would commit to me easily. Like it's not even a second thought about someone you like and they want to be exclusive with you. But man says, I on a we've been dating. I want to be exclusive with you. Well, I don't know, but I'm like hell, fucking yeah. That's that's exactly what I wanted the whole time. It's so for her to say, I, I like you, I miss you, I love you. Or, what can we be friends? She doesn't. She doesn't like you that much to commit to you. So fucking fuck that. You know. Yeah, that's that's about where I'm at with it. Perfect. Playing All right, it right. Well, get off of here. I got to run files. Okay. All right, do your thing, All right, buddy. Have a good day. All right, you as well. Later. Thanks for calling. Uh, last call of the day, and then we'll wrap this puppy up. Hello, who's this? I'm a home with Joe the Supermark. Joe the Supermark. No way I'd like to end the show other than talking to you, my friend. What's going on? I just had to say that nothing to do with the Catholic Church whatsoever, but I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through eighth grade, and never once was I ever approached with anything sexual other than health class in fifth grade. And is this know, the we, joke? Like I wasn't hot enough for the priest or some, are we going in that direction? No, 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 okay. no nothing like that. Because okay. I want to say that on the flip side, I want to come out against swimming pools because I can think of at least four different times by four different old men. They approach me with their dongs and they try to get me to do things. Okay. In a public a pool. You know, one was like in my grandfather's apartment building. What? Like they had a, precisely was, what happened. Don't just say like they tried to come and get what did it was so, his dick out of his pants? He said, "You want to suck it?" Like what happened? Well, well, here's what happened. So I'm in the pool. It's 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 in ground. It's indoor, and I'm in there. And a old man's down the other side. And then just the two of you. Yeah, yeah. And then he got to talking to me. And then he got me up to his apartment. And then I was there. And then he undid his towel while he sat on the sofa and tried to get me to do something, but I didn't do nothing. And then I left. So that was that. What was did he say? He just took it out. That's a Seinfeld reference. Yeah, yeah. You, you just you know the come hither. The the I opened my towel. You know he may have asked me to, to to come over and sit by him, but I was sitting on the floor. And how old are like, you at this time? I want to say like seven or eight. So he just takes off his pants and he you doesn't know, say anything. Like, I imagine that. He had already taken him off and wrapped himself in a towel. Okay. So that when he sat down on the sofa, he opened the towel. And he just looked at you and looked at his penis and looked at you and looked at his penis and hope you oh, get the I hint? He may, have, he may have also touched his penis a little bit. Okay. And then what does he say to you? Like, how does he tell a seven-year-old, like, hey, I want you to participate I just, man, I, I honestly think that he may have either said come over or did the hand motion. Okay. To come towards them. All right. I mean, if I told you the the, the what the real truth is next, you wouldn't even believe it. Okay. No, I don't know but if I if that's the best way to end on a Friday it, with you it, getting raped not, at seven by a no no neighbor. no 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 that didn't happen. Trust in all four situations there was no closure in any of them. 
I was able to escape all four situations. Okay, so it has a happy ending. Okay. Literally, I mean, I had a corded Hitachi with with me as a massager. Yeah. Not for genitals at all. And that's all. I just had it with me. And it may have gotten plugged into his wall, and I didn't do anything. I didn't touch him. He didn't touch me. That's all. It was your Hitachi thing, or it was his? It was it was my mother's that that I like because you know when you're a kid you plug something in the wall. And, oh, Do you awesome. understand how this story is very hard to follow? At first you're at a pool, now you're in some man's apartment, and all of a sudden you have a Hitachi in your hand, and he's not wearing any clothes, and he tells you to come thither, and you so do, and I, I don't know where this is going or how factual or hey, true the story you're, is. You're someone that asked me about the story. I was just saying it, the the Catholic school good. I'm smarter than everybody else because they yeah, didn't go to the Catholic school and the people that um, are smart. Well, but, okay. I mean, I think uh, the quality of the education isn't necessarily correlated with if it's a Catholic school or not. Oh, so, did you go to private school? Did I? No. I went to public oh. school. I was raised well, on Well, then the you're streets. the anomaly because you're intelligent and... And you didn't go to Catholic school, so congratulations. Well, I think, you know, intelligent people is, is not just predicated on your education, but also, you know, your genetics and how well your brain works. Your application of the knowledge, let's say. Sure. Why not? Okay. I'm going to let you go. Uh, yeah. I got to run, but thanks and God bless. And your show you said was the fastest thing show ever. Thank you. Well, I've hey. Ever heard. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the support. Joe the Supermark, um, have fun with your Hogan tattoo. And um, I think you're bedridden because you're on dialysis or some shit. What's wrong with you? I'm just on oxygen. oxygen. I have diabetes. I can't walk. My legs are insufferable pain 24-7. And there's oh, 10,000 other problems. I just keep getting worse. But, okay. All right. Hey, but I'm you're so the healthiest you've ever been. All right. Listen, God bless. God bless you. God bless. Time to go. Wow. That was one hell of a way to end the show. I don't know how he got in the apartment or how he had the Itachi. Or... But sometimes it's just best to stop asking questions that you don't even want to know the answer to. That's what I'm going to do. Have a great weekend. Um, Happy. Th- it's weird saying happy uh, Memorial Day weekend. That seems like uh, an oxymoron there. Um, Have a great three-day weekend. I'll be spending with people that you love. Please be safe. Please keep in mind as to why we're getting Monday off. As Big Hands John called in to remind us yesterday that it's not about barbecues and eating watermelons and the kickoff to summer. It's about something much greater, much more meaningful. So just keep that in mind. I will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Goodbye.